In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly King, Consoler, Paraclete, you who are everywhere present and fill all things, treasury of all that is good, master of life, come dwell within us, cleanse us from all stain, and save our souls, O good one. Mary, cause of our joy, pray for us. We are going to look now at the um, last of this big section, which started with chapter 7, and down to 1021, it's all uh, the Feast of Sukkot, which is um, a, uh, uh, a feast, kind of a fall feast, or early fall. Uh, now, as John tells us in the first line, we're at another feast. We're at the Feast of Enkenia, or Dedication. And so, this is the last of these liturgical feasts that John is going to talk about. The next time he talks about a feast, it is the Passover of the Lord's Passion. And so, again, it's the reality of Christ taking all that economy, all that dispensation, all that way that the Lord has worked with his people and uh, bringing it, you know, celebrating it in the liturgical life and then the Lord bringing all that into himself. Now this feast of the dedication, you see, um, is the newest of the feast. It was instituted in about 164 B.C. It commemorated the victory of Judas Maccabeus over Antiochus Epiphanes, a stunning victory. Uh, and uh, now Epiphanes, which he interpreted you know, the, the God appearing, that's what he called himself. Um, most of the other, they've been dominated by Syria for a long time, but the other ones left them alone with their religion. Not all the Jews were practicing, but the ones who were leave them alone. Uh, Epiphanes wanted one world religion. Hello, hello, you got it? And, uh, and he would be sort of the big shot in it. So he came down and he put an altar on top of the high altar of the Jews and offered sacrifice to a god. That's the abomination of desolation as it comes down to us. It's not the abominating desolation or abominating sacrilege, you see. Uh, and it happened on the 25th day of the ninth month uh, when he did this. That was the total humiliation of the Jews. Right there, where they go to worship their God, there's a pagan God. And so, he was forcing men to uh, hide their circumcision surgically, because all the games uh, were uh, Greek games. You know, the word gymnasium comes from the word naked, huh? Uh, the uh, contestants were all naked. Well, if you were naked, you know, because only the men were doing this, um, if you were a Jew, it was obvious. So the Jews were trying to hide that. 
with the encouragement of the occupying forces. And uh, then stop worshipping Adonai and worship these gods and eat meat in their honor and so forth. So finally, this one fellow, Maccabeus, got fed up. He was an old man. And he got fed up. And as a Jew went up to eat this pork, he ran up, grabbed him, ran his sword right through him and said, that's what ought to happen to you. And killed him. And then he and his sons took off for the hills. And the son, uh, who was the leader, Judas Maccabeus, Judas the Hammer, uh, in some stunning victories won. And finally, they drove back the forces, reoccupied the temple, and rededicated it. Took all that pagan stuff out, threw it in the valley of uh, Hinnom, I think, and put in a new dedicated altar. So the overtones of this feast are the dedication of the altar. Underlying it, as we're going to see, is the dedication of Jesus, the new altar. Uh, so that's the feast. So it started, it said, it was, it was then the feast of the dedication in Jerusalem. It was winter, because this feast comes to either November or December. Uh, and Jesus walked about in the temple in Solomon's portico. Then the Jews gathered around him and said, How long are you going to keep us in suspense? If you are the Messiah, tell us openly. <coughs> Jesus answered them, I did tell you. And you did not believe. The works that I do in my Father's name, these witnesses concerning me, over and over again in the Gospel of John, Jesus repeats, It is my Father doing His works in me. So when you see me work, you see the Father. If you have eyes to see, if you're looking, if you're reverent, if you're open, you can see my Father is fulfilling all the promises He's ever made to you in me. I am the promise. I am the Logos. I am God of God and light of light, and I'm here among you. You see? So I told you, and you did not believe. The works that I do in my Father's name, these witness concerning me, but you do not believe, because you are not of my sheep. Now the theme, the last theme we had at the Feast of Sukkoth was sheep, if you remember. And now it's continued here. But the feast is two or three months later. So, John just says it was the feast of the dedication. Doesn't tell us what Jesus did for those two or three months in between. Did he go back Galilee and come down again? We don't know. Whether it was even the same year, but it was, probably was. Uh, okay. You don't believe because you are not of my sheep. How do you know the sheep? Just what we had in the verses that were for uh, the last part there in John um, 10, 1 to 21. My sheep listen to my voice. You see, they listen to it. You know, there's a difference between hearing and listening, right? I can hear you saying something, but I'm not really listening to you. I don't want to hear it. I'm ignoring it. 
I'm fighting it. I'm not listening. Okay? Uh, and so, uh, my sheep listen to my voice. And I know them, and they follow me. And I give them eternal life, and they will not perish forever. You know, I suppose we were lying there dying, if it happens to be that we got a chance to lie there and die. Um, what are we thinking about? You see, these promises. If you have tried to serve me, and you have come and confessed your sins, and receive my forgiveness. If you have lived on my body and my blood, lived on it, not just received it, you see, you're coming right with me. You have eternal life. And so, that's what he's saying here. I give them eternal life, and they will not perish forever. What a promise. You see, when that is imprinted on our spirit, what a difference it makes, huh? See, most people walk around, you see, as it says in the letter to the Hebrews, chapter 2, verse 14, huh? he, um, he shared flesh and blood. Why? So that he could break the hold that the devil has. And he has that hold because of the fear of death. Um, I'm looking for it now. If I'd have thought of it before, we could have saved some time. But let me find it. I got it. Okay. Um, you see. So, as the children share blood and flesh, so he likewise shared with them, so that through death he might render powerless the, uh, the one who has power over death, that is, the devil. The saints were not afraid of death. Jesus was right there. St. Martin was one of the great examples, you know. But there's plenty. I have a friend. I've told you this before. This, I hope it doesn't shock you. Very holy man. Worked his whole life with the poor. Rick Thomas. And, and this I have on the word of the person who was there when he died. Just before he died, Rick turned over that way. Kind of looked at the door. Like he saw Jesus coming in. And he began to laugh. And he died laughing. Now there's a man who served the Lord faithfully. He's got nothing to worry about. So that's what he's saying here, you see. They will not perish for or ever, and no one will snatch them out of my hand. No devil will get them. Why? Because my Father, who has given them to me, is greater than all. And then we have this magnificent text which we've seen before. I and the Father are one. Now, does that mean, according to some heretics, you see, the Father and the Son are just facets of the same one being? Then why does he say are? I and the Father. We are one. We are two. That's why we're are. And we're one because we're one God. We're that one. But we're still two. That's the Trinity, right? Isn't that wonderful? And the Jews took up stones again that they might stone him. 
Jesus answered them, I have shown you many good works from the Father. For which of these works do you stone me? Now I've pointed out already how the Lord says earlier that my Father is doing these works in me. And so he's revealing himself in me. Incidentally, that's probably why he says, now I'm going to the Father and you'll do greater works than I do. Well, if the works of Jesus, while he's on earth, are revealing the Father, then the works of Jesus in the bosom of the Father are greater. So we reveal the, those so they're greater because they're more revealing, not because they're more sensational or bigger or greater. We raised a thousand dead in one shot and Jesus only raised one, not that kind of stuff. They're greater because they reveal more of the mystery of the Trinity, the works that we do, if we do them. The good works, the caring of the poor, the forgiving of, of uh, injury, the love for God, the prayer, the care for the poor. They reveal, as Matthew says, right? Let your good works shine before men. Why? So that they can see your good works and give glory to your Father. Okay, so we go on. I have shown you many good works from the Father. For which of these do you stone me? The Jews answered him, We do not stone you because of a good work, but for blasphemy, and because you, being a man, make yourself God. And now we come as we're going to do in the second section, uh, to a very intricate kind of uh, exegesis. So we'll do that in a moment.